Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. When God walked in human form on the earth, there were some that denied him, others who didn't believe him, others who persecuted him, some who even hated and ultimately killed him. Yet there were those who were healed by him, those whose life was transformed by his touch, those delivered, those literally raised from the dead by his power. This polarization, the tension that was caused, Jesus was messing up some things. The unlearned and the ignorant, the poor and the sick were being transformed by his power. The elites of the day were, were losing money over this and they were losing control and power because of him. We've got to get him stopped. You can't be teaching like this. You can't forgive sins. You're not welcome here. You can't be from God and then sit down among sinners and eat with them. This is shameful, those elites would say. This, is, this isn't protocol. But there was no denying that the man used to have leprosy now doesn't. There was no denying that the lady who was bent over with the back problems now up, walks upright and is just fine. There's no denying that the man with the withered hand has now been healed and it's restored. Then there really was no denying when Jesus' friend Lazarus had been raised from the dead four days after he had been dead and placed in that tomb. Not only were these haters out to destroy Jesus, now they have a bigger problem. Miracles and signs and Lazarus now had become someone that they were after. This type of stuff couldn't just be explained away or just denied. It was right there in front of their face. John chapter 9 is one of the most fascinating accounts of people so aggravated and working overtime to do everything they could to deny what was happening. Jesus and the disciples walking along and they see a man that was blind. He had been blind from, from his birth and Jesus talks to his disciples a minute. He spits on the ground, makes some mud packs and smears them across the guy's face and says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. The man did. He came back with his sight. He was able to see the guy's neighbors and those who had seen him around and those that had seen him begging they they asked they said well is this the guy that was born blind that we've seen no many of them said it's just a, a guy that looked like him there's no way he could receive his sight others would say no 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 i think that has to be him it looks just like him finally the man that was blind said no i'm the guy well, how in the world how did this happen how can you now see the man they called Jesus, he, he put some mud on my eyes and said, go wash. And I did, and I can see. Well, where is this man? I don't know where he is. And for whatever reason, the people questioning the man that was formerly blind took him to the Pharisees. And these were some of those elites that were trying to get rid of Jesus. And the, this was one of the main groups that were just trying, that were hating Jesus and what he was doing. The Pharisees asked him, how would you receive your sight? Well, Jesus came. He spit on the ground, put some mud. Told me, go wash. I did, and I can see. 
Pharisees start arguing, trying to reaffirm that Jesus couldn't do that. There's no way Jesus can't be doing stuff like this. And they tried to deny it. They tried to explain it away. Then the Pharisees turned back to this man who had been healed and said, what do you say about him? The man said, well, I don't know. I think he's probably a prophet. Seems like the Pharisees just going to do anything in their power to deny this. They just didn't believe this guy. You weren't really blind, were you? We're going to fact check you. We're going to have your parents come. Put them on trial. Parents, is this your son? Yep, it's our son. Was he born blind? Yes, he's born blind. But now he can see how that happened. We don't know. Ask him. He's an adult. We don't want to get involved. His parents knew. But wouldn't answer the question because the Jewish leader said, Whoever acknowledged that Jesus is the Messiah, you're going to be kicked out of the temple. His parents couldn't deny that it was their boy. They couldn't deny that at one time he was blind. But I'm not going any further in this discussion. I'm not getting any closer to Jesus on this one. We're not sure. We don't want to get mixed up. Just ask him. It's not how our tradition goes. It's not what our religion says. We're done. Talk to him. So they did a second time, the Jewish leaders. How did you receive your sight? Give glory to God and tell the truth. This guy, Jesus, is a sinner. There's no way he did this. The mind of the blind man was just done. Whether he's a sinner or not, I have no clue. This one thing I know. I was blind, now I see. That's all that matters to me. Pharisees, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? <laughs> I've already told you this, and you didn't listen. Do you want me to retell it again? Do you all want to be followers of Jesus? With that bit of sarcasm, the leaders hit the roof. You follow this guy, Jesus, but we follow Moses. We know God talked to Moses, but this man, we don't even know where he came from, and the man's still fired up. Oh, now that's remarkable. You don't know where he came from, but I stand here being able to see completely healed, and you're still in denial, still trying to explain it away, still trying to not get involved in this, still trying to push this to the side somewhere because you simply don't want to believe. If Jesus were not God, then answer me this. How can I possibly be healed and stand here? The religious leaders just flipped out on that one. You're a sinner. Don't you dare lecture us. Get out of the temple and kick the man out. Because they were ate up. They had to get Jesus stopped. Let's ask the guy. Let's not believe the guy. Let's do some fact checking. Let's explain it away. Let's be in denial. Let's kick him out. Try anything you want to try. It did not change the fact that the man was blind but now could see. The intensity ramped up. 
There were closed door meetings. There were rules and regulations put into place. But just as soon as they thought they had Jesus stopped here, some other testimonies popped up over there and healings and deliverance over there. And their only hope was to get him completely stopped and to shut him up was to destroy him and to kill him. The plans were made. The witnesses were prepped on what to say. And it seemed their plan succeeded. Jesus was arrested. He was tried, he was beaten, he was ridiculed, he was taunted, he was tortured, he was crucified. He died and he was buried. We can breathe a sigh of relief. Now maybe these followers will calm down and just go by the wayside. Guards were placed by the tomb because they didn't want any chance that somebody'd come steal the body and then make matters worse by saying, See, he's resurrected. But that third day, there was a violent earthquake as an angel came down and rolled that stone away and Jesus came out of that, out of that tomb appearing light and all over and glowing and just a tremendous, uh, tremendous vision that came out of there and the soldiers saw him. It scared them so bad. They started shaking and just completely passed out and when they finally came to, they ran to the chief priest. Um, sirs, we, oh, we have a problem here. In the cemetery, something major happened there. And so what did those chief priests do? Pay them off, boys. Whatever it, name the price. Start giving money. Here's what you're to do. You're to tell everybody that somebody came and stole his body while you were sleeping. We're guards we can't be sleeping on the job. I don't care if that gets back to the governor. We'll, we'll cover for you. So now there's payoffs. Now there are lies. Now there's manipulation. Now there's moving stuff around. All because somebody didn't want to believe. Somebody wanted to just simply deny it. Have you ever heard people so ate up with denying what's right in front of them that they lie? They pay people off or they tell others to lie and they don't believe and they, they accuse others of doing things and not telling the truth. They make schemes to cover up other things. After Jesus was resurrected and then ascended, their trouble was far from over. Now there have people receiving Jesus all over the place in their hearts. And then these people were filled with boldness and start walking around laying hands on the sick and they recover. They start casting out devils over here. They start raising the dead over here and their problem was everywhere we've got to get this stopped pass more laws pass more regulations make godly things illegal Acts 5, beginning at verse 12, expound here for a moment, tells us some things that were happening in the early church. The apostles were performing the miracles and the, and the miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers were meeting on a regular basis in the temple. More and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. And since news of this was spreading, sick people were just brought and laid on the floor. And when the shadow of Peter would come over them, they would stand up completely whole. Crowds 
come from villages all around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and the possessed, and they were all healed. Acts 5, 17, start there. Then the high priest. Wish I had Jaws music. Here they come again. Revival everywhere. People getting up off beds. Demons running. Then the high priest rose up. And all that were with him, which is of the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. And laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. Verse 19. But the angel of the Lord, can I say, rose up by night and opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, guys, go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. When you get home, read the rest of Acts chapter 5. A fascinating account there, but I simply want to stop there for a moment. I read to you Acts 5.20 the other day, and it leaped off the pages at me, and the Lord said, preach that. Acts 5.20, go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. I simply want to tell you this morning, because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, there is nothing like this life. For years, even back to the book of Acts, people have tried to stop the church. They've tried to put laws in place. They've tried to regulate things. They've tried to persecute. They've tried to destroy. At points in history and around the world, people were tortured and killed because of Christ. They have mocked. They have ridiculed. They have denied in every possible way. But let me stand here and state very clearly, whether you understand it or not, whether you believe me or not, whether you agree with me or not, will not change the fact that one day I was a sinner and came to an altar and repented of my sins and was buried by baptism in the name of Jesus and he filled me with the Holy Ghost and I'm a brand new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. He made a difference in my life. There are people in the room this very day that were bound by things. Let me say this. He's told you some of this before. But Brother Marion, he will say things like, I was bound and addicted to drugs and alcohol. And he, God was delivered me from those things. But he's going to be too modest to tell you some of this stuff. And I want to say it as his testimony that he won't say, for one, what Jesus has done. And I'm so stinking proud of him as the other reason is because, yes, he was bound in drugs and alcohol and cigarettes and was mired in poverty but one day, Jesus did a marvelous work in his life. Now he's a preacher. Now he's the assistant pastor of the greatest church on earth. Now he's a teacher at a college. Now he's a licensed professional counselor. Now he has a master's degree. And he's on his way to get another master's degree. Now he's married. Now he has two children. Now he's a homeowner. Now he has a retirement account. But most importantly, he's on his way to heaven because because one day, Jesus made a difference. You can say it didn't happen. 
You can say it isn't true. You can deny whatever you wish, but you can't deny it for me. You can't deny it for Brother Marion. You can't deny what has happened in people's lives. Your thoughts and your opinions will make no difference to us. We know what God has done in our lives. And there are others here. Your marriage was on the brink and you were facing disaster. You should not even be sitting in church together. But Jesus stepped in and there's no denying that it did. Others were on your deathbed. Others with ailments. Others who were addicted. Others who were possessed. Others bound by the enemy but look at you now what a difference he made in your life let's stand I've come to preach the words of this life your parents may not understand your siblings may be skeptical you may even yourself be trying to explain it all away and be in denial but there is no denying the power of God that you have felt in your life there's no denying that because Jesus came up out of that tomb you can come out of your place of death and bondage there's no denying that there are testimonies all over this room where Jesus has done a miraculous work in your life Try your best to explain it away. Threaten it. Make it illegal. Dislike it. Mock it. But you'll never be able to tell me that Jesus is not real. And that he has not made a difference in my life. So when you see me shout and dance and rejoice, know it's because my heart has been washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. When you see me running, know my past is way back there. And I'm running because I've been redeemed. It may look crazy to you. You may try to justify it and deny it. Oh, but somebody this morning, let Jesus touch you. Let Jesus touch you. And when that happens, there's no telling what a difference he's going to make in your life.